This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to UBS Research PodHub, a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on the pivotal questions and events shaping today's markets. My name is Katie Lavin, and in this episode, we're going to be taking a look at ESG investing. I'm joined by Julie Hudson, our Global Head of ESG Research. Julie, it's been over 15 years since your first publication of ESG Research at UBS. Could you explain to us what is ESG, or more importantly, what does the term ESG mean to you? Hi, Katie. So thanks for your question. And I think I might just start by explaining uh, why I started looking at ESG um, all those years ago. And in essence, I think it relates to a question that has pursued me all the way through my career, which goes back much further than 15 years. And what I found right at the beginning when I was learning about financial markets was I just couldn't understand what was going on. Um, so on the one hand, I was learning about finance theory and efficient markets and things like that. And when I looked at it, the real world, none of it really added up. So I worked quite hard to try and find answers to the question. And after a bit, I realized what was really going on was, you know, markets don't operate in isolation. So what are markets for? What are companies for? It's all about delivering the goods and services and the things we need for a good quality of life. But then that has to be balanced with making sure that they're properly financed or funded. And so I realized actually that, in fact, was what was driving things. You needed to look from both perspectives. And that's, in essence, why I started looking at ESG. I don't think you're alone in finding financial markets confusing at times. So can you share with us, what did you find? I'm hoping you've got all the answers here. Uh, Well, obviously, I don't have all the answers, or I could be just um, sitting on a beach in Bermuda if we were allowed to travel to Bermuda, which, of course, we're not currently. So I guess... What I found was I I did a whole lot of crazy things. So I did a master's in financial economics and I thought, no, that's not it. And I did uh, my CFA and I thought, no, I still haven't found it after all that work, you know. And then I found a master's in economic regulation and competition. uh, And it's an improbable sounding, you know, it sounds a bit fuddy-duddy as a title, economic regulation and competition. But actually it was very exciting. And I realized there's a kind of tug of war between what companies operating in sectors have to do to succeed because it's very competitive so there's that aspect but on the other hand there's going just going back to my earlier thing about goods and services that give people what they need for a good quality of life so that's the other side of the coin and there's a sort of tug of war between those two things and the important spot is the middle ground where you basically balance uh, the two sides of the coin. And that's a very general answer I came to. And of course, it doesn't always answer all the questions we all have in this field. But it's really what motivated me to keep on doing ESG. It's what interested me in it, because ESG is fundamentally all about that balance. The world seems to be waking up to an increased momentum in ESG investing, whether that be from Mark Carney in Brussels to David Attenborough at Glastonbury whether it's climate change or resilience, it all seems to be gathering increasing media attention uh, as well as the centre stage. Do you think this search for balance is caused by the recent pandemic 
or do you think it's perhaps more people are waking up to to your to your way of thinking so i don't know whether people are waking up specifically to my way of thinking but i do think thinking is changing and i guess you know everybody's heard of elevator pitches and i remember back in sort of 2005 6 7 when people got me on my own in an elevator on the way somewhere the elevator pitch was to wonder why on earth i was doing this very strange esg thing Whereas now the elevator pitch is, gosh, this is really exciting. We need to do a lot more of it. So that really tells me there's been an absolutely enormous change. And I think what's what's basically happened is we went through the great financial crash and that really made people think about what markets are here for. And we've had all the new science coming through all the time on climate change. And the press has made um, a big thing of that each time. And the momentum there has, has increased and increased. And you can see even in our own, so for example, in our conferences and events, there are more and more panels and discussions that look at these topics. So everywhere you look, there's a real sign that people are are waking up to the idea that actually markets are not separate to the environment and that climate change is not something outside the window. It's in the room with us. And that's really what's making people look at this for markets. So it's just becoming more and more integrated with what we do every day. And do you think ESG investing can really make a difference to climate change? That's also a really excellent question. So I'm thinking back to our, we ran an ESG symposium last year and there was a subheading to it, more or less Mind the Gap, which is very familiar to anybody who's travelled the tube in London. And the gap we were talking about was the fact that there is so much momentum in ESG investing. So if you look at something like, if you do a search on number of mentions for example, and you draw a chart, it's just um, going right up to the right hand, top right hand side of the picture. Um, and then actually, very sadly, if you look at something like greenhouse gas concentrations, so the Keeling curve, as it's known, which is the, the plot that comes from the Mauna Loa volcano, you can see that's also doing exactly the same thing. It's just heading steadily up to the top right hand corner of the chart. And those two things shouldn't be going in the same direction. If capital is truly moving towards green, greener ways of going on, then you would hope that chart would flatten out and, you know, maybe even come down a little bit. But it's not showing any sign of doing that at the moment. So the straight answer, you know, is our markets making a difference? Are investments making a difference? Not yet, not visibly. But then on the other hand, that doesn't mean they're not going to do that. If you've been looking at markets for any length of time, you'll know that markets have bubbles. You know, you get manias, panics and crashes. That's actually a title of a book about markets. And what we really need is um, something a little bit like an ecosystem. So ecosystems have runaway feedback loops. And there's a scientific paper talking about a cascade of tipping points, which is a bit frightening. Markets can produce a cascade of ideas going in positive directions, actually. So I think when we're thinking about whether markets can make a difference, they absolutely can. But behind all of that, there has to be a purpose, a sense of purpose. So you can't just leap into the market and expect the market to deliver. But investment purposefully made can deliver. And the more feet you have pointing in that direction, the more likely you are to get there. And what do you think is going to change the direction of people's feet? Again, what are the signals that are going to, to push things in a particular direction? 
that's a great question. And depending on who you talk to in all the many expert people we come in contact with in our work, I think one thing that gets mentioned perhaps more than anything else is the idea of pricing carbon emissions. So whether it's a carbon price, so a traded carbon price, or whether it's a tax, uh, there are all sorts of perspectives on which is better. I just think what matters is that externality, as it's called sometimes, needs to be priced and then markets can respond to it. So I think that's probably the most important thing. But of course, it's not the only thing. And for somebody starting out in ESG or considering an ESG investment approach, what would you recommend they consider? I recognise there's lots of different ways to approach this. So in the team, we absolutely love reading. And I think the thing to do when you first start out is to immerse yourself in basically things like uh, the the Gaia books by James Lovelock, or there's a book by uh, John Lanchester called The Wall. Um, there's a lovely book called Systems Thinking by Donella H. Meadows. So those are just three examples of things that help you think your way through uh, this admittedly quite complicated area. Because the most important thing really is to decide, well, if you're looking at ESG, what are you actually trying to achieve? And so you need to work out what your purpose is in, in investing in sustainable investing or ESG. And once you've worked that out, things will follow through much more clearly and it will be a lot less daunting. And maybe my final question then, how do you see ESG evolving? What's next? So when I started doing this 15 or 16 years ago, I made two sort of predictions. I said the field would grow hugely which of course is great, so check. But I also said that ESG teams would probably disappear because by this time we would all be doing ESG all the time and it would just be part of the furniture. So you would no longer need specialist teams. You would just basically have everyone investing and ESG considerations would be embedded in the process. But of course, that isn't what's happened. And I was completely wrong on that one. Um, but what's actually happened is well, first of all, you're always going to need your specialist team. You know, they play the role of somebody sitting in the crow's nest in the ship, just basically looking out for icebergs and the unexpected. So you need somebody doing that. But you also need somebody as well thinking and rethinking whether market paradigms are changing in response to external changes, contextual changes. So I think ESG teams play a very valuable role there and they'll always be needed for that. And then, of course, the other thing that's happened is it's now much more regulated and it's become interesting to central banks and regulators and governments. And that means you need ESG specialists uh, just to be able to engage with all those different stakeholders. It's become much more of a stakeholder activity. So I, I think that will continue, actually. Those two strands will definitely still be here, I think, for quite some time. And that sounds like a positive note to finish on, especially in the, the backdrop of a pandemic, the threat of global warming. Um, we've got some optimism that we can spot some of these icebergs with the help of the ESG team. Let's hope so. <laughs> we'll do our best anyway. Thank you for visiting the UBS Research Pod Hub. That was our introduction to ESG investing with me, Katie Lavin, and our global head of ESG research, Julie Hudson. Tune in again for more investment insights.
This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries, and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content. It has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regulatory, or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2021. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS, all rights reserved.